Good afternoon, Dr. Sanjay. Uh, we're very excited to have a conversation with you. Today, we're going to try and understand the contours of your career and uh, put together some mental models and frames of reference that uh, our community members can adopt to build careers of meaning and significance. Could you tell us a bit about yourself and what do you do today? So, hi, uh, very good afternoon to you too. And uh, yeah, I am currently uh, working as the India Country Director of uh, Lakshmi Mittal and Family South Asia Institute at Harvard University. And I am based out of Delhi. And uh, I have been in this role since last three years. And before this, I was uh, working with a women's organization called SEVA. And I was uh, director for the All India Federation of All SEVA organizations called SEVA Bharat. And I worked there for about 17 years. Wonderful. Um, you've recently written a book as well. Could you tell us what it's about and how did you come to write it? Yeah, so I uh, wrote a book recently and which is published and out in the market. And it's called Katihar to Kennedy, The Road Less Traveled. So it's basically my journey from my hometown Katihar, which is a small town in Bihar. And as you know, Bihar is one of the most backward states in our country. So I, I grew up in Katihar and uh, ended up uh, in, at Kennedy School for my studies you know, recently, a few years ago. So I thought that, you know, why not to uh, document my journey and uh, so that people from, and especially students from smaller districts can learn a bit from my journey. And so, the, yeah, that is why I wrote this book. It's an autobiography and uh, yeah, it's about my journey. When did you start writing this book? So I started writing this book when I was at the Kennedy School uh, in 2015. So I graduated in 2015 and I started writing this book uh, just before the graduation ceremony. So, and that is when I decided also to write. So it took me about uh, three and a half years to complete this. And I would say that I did not pay much attention to it in all these three and a half years. But uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I used to write a bit every day, every week, every month kind of thing. And yeah, it took me about three and a half years. Yeah. <clears throat> what prompted you to write it? What did you want to communicate? You mentioned briefly that you wanted to inspire young people in yeah. smaller towns. Yeah, so uh, basically, uh, as, I, as I mentioned about my hometown, Katihar, and uh, it's a small town, and uh, it's, a, it's a small town. I went to a government school there, and uh, the condition of the government schools today is worse than what it used to be during our times. And uh, somehow, you know, it was not attractive. The schools were not attractive. My school was not at all attractive. It was, you know, not even, I would say that it was, uh, bit, uh, if, you, if you compare it with private schools today, you know, so it was very bad and even, the, even if you compare uh, government schools with Kendra Vidyalaya and Navodaya Vidyalaya, the, school, the schools, the government schools are very bad. So, you know, when I, I used to go to my uh, school, every time I used to visit my hometown and I realized that uh, somehow, you know, I got out of the town and I studied in Delhi University and in JNU, finished my PhD from JNU and uh, then I, you know, I also 
went to Kennedy School, Harvard Kennedy School for my further studies, double M, I did it from uh, Kennedy School. So I, when I, when I compare myself with thousands and thousands of students in, in the small towns who are going to uh, government schools, so their, their condition is pathetic, you know, the way they are being groomed. And uh, so I thought that, you know, and many of them succumb to uh, the condition of the schools and they don't continue with their education. You know, so and the way I also continued my education has a has a very interesting, very interesting you know story. So I thought that uh, you know the way I struggled uh, myself, and I struggled the way I struggled to achieve whatever I could achieve in my life. You know, it it took my courage, it took a lot of struggle and a uh, lot of hand holding by some of my family members. And uh, so I thought that, you know, the students of these small towns or even, you know, tier two cities or any student who is struggling to be a good student and who wants to achieve something in life, you know, I thought that my journey uh, can tell them a lot. And why not to share, you know, uh, my journey with uh, thousands and thousands of students who can, who can get help. And uh, also, I, I feel that each of us, uh, each of us has a story, you know, so, you know, it's very, it's very useful to share our st stories. Yeah. So that's why I decided to do so. So three and a half years of solid hard work resulted in a book which was published last year. Yeah. Hard work and hard work, I would say. Hard and hard work. <laughs> that's usually a good combination. <laughs> um, many of our community members actually do not live in India. So could you give them a flavor of what was school like when you were growing up like big paint a clear picture and yeah, yeah. you keep going back right yeah, yeah, so yeah. how much has changed yeah yeah in katihar yeah, yeah 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 so katihar i'd say that you know like it's it's a kind of uh, it's a kind of uh, uh, example for me you know and you take many other districts and you would find the similar situation so you know it's good that you asked this question and i would be happy to share that you know, what kind of school I went to, you know, so, and what is the situation now? And, uh, yeah, so during our times, I think uh, the the education system was, was not, I would say, uh, very good, but it was, it was okay. Hmm. And it was okay because there were no private schools and everyone from the town or from the village or, you know, wherever, their kids used to go to the government schools because there was no, there were no private schools. You know, there were private schools in only few districts, including Patna, Muzaffarpur, big cities, you know, and very few private schools. So, which means that even the collector's sons, that the, the son and daughter of district magistrate or the senior officials or the local MPs and MLAs, they used to, you know, attend the same school. So, there was a stakeholding of the middle class and influential people. But what happened that in 1990s, you know, mid 90s, a uh, lot of private, you know, schools started coming in. And as you understand, as we all know that market understands the demand and supply thing. So, you know, one side, uh, people started seeing, you know, new private schools, uh, teaching English or, or adopting new methods of uh, teaching. 
whereas the public schools the government schools were not catching up mm-hmm. so and that is how the, you know so those who are able to afford today they send their kids to private schools and eventually you know what happened that even the the public officials and uh, the elected representatives you know, they don't have any stakeholding even the middle class so so situation has deteriorated during our times you know you would be surprised to know there was there was uh, no scope for sports and games and uh, you know there was no uh, science practical labs you know so there was you know there was just this curriculum which teachers used to follow and uh, beyond that beyond that we did not have exposure to anything else mm-hmm. you know so until grade 10th today when i go to the same school you know uh, so why do you do that is it an organization that you're volunteering with or have you started or is it part of the india center of the harvard university uh, no so it is it is a voluntary work and uh, i feel very strong about uh, rejuvenating the public school system in india and it's uh, we have started from bihar so that is why i i keep going there so today the condition is today the situation is that uh, extra curricular activities is, you know they don't have any extra curricular activities yet they have a library but library you know they don't use many students don't know even what's going on in the library they don't have science labs yet you know so if you if you see the data in bihar 90% of the schools they don't have computers you know about uh, about 70% students they don't have access or they don't use the libraries you know and uh, as a matter of fact 80% of the kids go to this public schools mm-hmm. i'm just giving you a rough data and 80% of the kids are using government schools and colleges even then the situation the the conditions of the schools uh, are not good and just not condition but also the availability of teachers you know just for example my in my school we Which actually, school did you go to so i went to a school called harishankar nayak uh, uch vidyalay it's harishankar nayak high school and uh, it it used to be until grade 10th but now it's until grade 12th and uh, uh, i'll give you one example that you know how how do i see the deterioration in last so many years during our time at least we used to have teachers for all the classes or all the all the you know subjects but now that school has only one teacher for grade 11th and 12th and that is also also the music teacher so just imagine about uh, you know say 500 kids who are filling out forms every year mm-hmm. so they fill out forms through that school but they don't have any teacher Mm. and so they are banking upon coaching institutions or private tuitions and that is where they are going so so this is a situation so the situation and you know there are other things like uh, the toilets the condition of toilet is horrible you know in our school we did not used to have a toilet even now it does not have any toilet so this time we started uh, working in the middle middle school our volunteers started working in the middle nearby middle school and in that school when i went to use the toilet it was like very disgusting to see that how the students would be using the toilet and uh, on the other hand we are talking about swachh bharat mission 
where our uh, government is trying to push uh, cleanliness but it is also about you know not only government but it is also about the responsibility of the citizens the responsibility of the teachers responsibility of the stakeholders the parents you know they don't bother about such things and uh, the administrators they don't bother about these things as i said that i find that there is no stakeholding of middle class and influential people in the public school system and that is why it has deteriorated that much and uh, you're trying to address that by forming small communities mentorship networks there um, could you give us some snippets of what's working what's not what are the challenges yeah so as i uh, mentioned that uh, i am doing some voluntary work and uh, so we have created a group of volunteers under a banner called ed justice india ed justice is education justice and i believe that uh, you know there are so many the politicians mainly and the political parties they talk about so many justices and especially the social justice and you know etc etc but i believe that if you give a child uh, justice in education if you do justice in education with kids then you don't need to give them any other support you know because we all are product of education you know whatever we are today it's all because of education so that is why we created this group and uh, it's a all voluntary run uh, campaign we call it a justice people's campaign and the campaign is to rejuvenate the goal of the campaign is to rejuvenate uh, public education system in india and we started from bihar and especially from my school and uh, the district i belong to but it is a very replicable model and which can go to anywhere in the country very easily and we started uh, with a view that uh, how do we engage middle class and how do we engage people who have knowledge and they can contribute their knowledge their time to the students who are studying in these schools and so in hindi we call it gyan dan you know so gyan dan through gyan dan we can we can create lot of uh, enthusiasm and energy among younger kids and that is what we are trying to do so the model is that you know you take up any school and you mobilize some volunteers the local volunteers the ideal situation is that local volunteers come and contribute or give some time say 2 to 3 hours in a week or in a month and take up special classes around whatever they know there are doctors engineers lawyers you know retired bureaucrats retired faculties retired professor teachers so they can spare some time and even the active citizens like they, those who are not retired they can also come and take special classes around their area of interest and they can take classes around uh, career counseling and guidance which is a huge need there and so through this gyan dan through this contribution of knowledge they can teach these kids the things which are not being taught by the teachers or which are not covered under the curriculum you know and as in many situation as we see there are no teachers so what do, what do they do so that is that is the campaign all about so how do we mobilize local people and uh, motivate them to come and work in the school and college public uh, high schools and colleges and give these lectures extra classes take these extra classes so that is one one area of intervention where we have been taking the volunteers from delhi university and dtu and 
you know jnu so these universities the kids are the students of these universities they are going uh, on their own cost you know they are going uh, they are giving their time they are going to katiyar they don't have any connection with bihar you would be surprised to know that but they are young and they are enthusiastic and they they want to contribute to, to back to the society so they go there and they stay there for a week or two weeks and they run uh, special workshops with the students and uh, that is how we are trying to demonstrate to the local people that look you you know the these guys are coming from delhi and you can also uh, come forward and contribute uh, to th- to these schools kids and uh, so that is one intervention the second intervention which we started recently is around mentoring and uh, we realize that there there is uh, you know there are a lot of students young kids in these schools who can do much better if they if they get some guidance by people who have knowledge or who wants to who wants to contribute back to the society so we started this mentoring challenge you know so you keep seeing various challenges on facebook like you know selfie with daughter you know this challenge you know fitness challenge so i thought that why can't we have a challenge hashtag mentoring challenge where you know where uh, we reach out to people uh, through facebook and through social media and uh, people living in big cities or even in small towns they uh, they can take up this challenge and mentor a uh, younger kid for at least a year and at least a year because i think that in a year's time they can develop a good bond and uh, the mentor and mentee can understand the benefit see the benefit of the relationship and they can continue if they wish if they want and uh, yeah so and in that challenge you would be surprised to know that uh, one girl from middle middle school where the volunteers work during the summer workshop she is being mentored she is a daughter of a rickshaw puller and uh, she is a very good athlete she is very bright student and so we paired her with uh, a chicago based lady who is a hr professional there she is from originally from india but now living in chicago so she has been mentoring uh, this girl from katihar and similarly there are other peers made and they are talking through whatsapp uh, video chat so this volunt- these volunteers and the mentors everyone is using technology for this purpose so whatsapp video call is very easy and now in the town you know even in the smaller towns you know you could find at least one phone with a smartphone you know family so that is how it is working out so that is one intervention uh, so th- we have three track intervention first intervention is like directly interve- intervening uh, at the grassroots level working with the school kids you know going to the school and organizing workshops and then the mentoring challenge is another program so this is something working directly with the kids second is advocacy advocacy we are trying to talk to our volunteers uh, you know they keep trying to they keep try they keep trying talking to the uh, politicians and bureaucrats from the state and around education and uh, tell them uh, or share them what they are learning on the ground so for example you know in my school i wanted to give four computers through through some csr funding 
but the principal denied he said that i don't the have principal space principal denied fun did you got them the computer yeah, and they so, said no yeah they said no why they, yeah <laughs> so it was it was a very strange incident uh, we got these four computers with e vidya platform which and i would a, imagine this would not be a high income school no it's the same school i am talking about that there is just one one teacher uh, between class 11th and 12th so a school with one teacher yeah hundreds of kids yeah. gets four computers yeah. and this They principal deny. says no no yeah okay. so yeah so and the reason he gave that we don't have space and that was a very uh, foolish uh, reason anyway so the point uh, which came out of it is that i am a student and look at the you know western education model where you know a school is built with the community money or you know or money by or funding by the alumni networks and so they they depend so much on emotional resources of the of the alum, alums but here i am going back to my school and trying to do good things and when i am trying to give give back you know there is no window where i can go and shout to the government and say that look i i want to give this and my school is not ready so so that is a case of advocacy that is a second track where we are trying to advocate with the government and tell them that you need to do certain changes you need to create some windows and alumni network can be immense uh, helpful for the state for the entire bihar a global state. network global said yeah. chicago to uh, yeah. kennedy so yeah, yeah. it's happening it's already happening mentors from all around the world to spend some of their time as you rightly mentioned time is an underutilized asset right right so so that is the second aspect uh, of our uh, you know program and the third is that how do we reach out to uh, all the stakeholders and even the users their parents the elected representatives and like middle class in all the districts of bihar so we are planning to take out uh, shiksha yatra in different districts and uh, and uh, organize a jan shiksha samvad jan shiksha samvad is public education dialogue and through that dialogue uh, we we try to convey that why and how, why uh, public education is so important and especially when 80% of kids are using the public education and in a state like bihar where the situation is so bad you know so it's very important that all stakeholders come together and understand the value of good quality public education so that is the mission of the campaign where we want to bring more volunteers and bring more supporters and eventually people who go to these schools and colleges and take a special classes so we are not in favor of of just organizing talks and you know discussions but we want to convert all these into actions where tangible action yeah tangible action where people people take care of their own schools in their own neighborhood area mm-hmm. you know so i i challenge i challenge all all the citizens of one particular district and a particular uh, neighborhood area if they have public schools in their uh, neighborhood go and see their toilets go and see the condition of the classroom you would you would be surprised you know and uh, the way we keep our house clean the way we take care of our own children i believe that people should come forward and take care of uh, the schools because you know ultimately the schools are producing this uh, citizens you know like they are they are the backbone of our 
society in terms of giving moral values and all the teachings all the good teachings and if that is incomplete then we will end, end up with unskilled uneducated laborers in this country and the way we are talking about demographic dividend i am very much worried and you know i don't want to be negative and i am not a pessimist because i i come from my action background and so i but i i am sad to say i mean i i feel sad to say that uh, the situation is you know in in a state like bihar it's definitely a situation of demographic disaster or at least it could be if if it the situation be. is not tackled properly yeah yeah of course and even now you know we don't want to talk about it but you go and see the data you go and see the situation and then you would understand that the situation is very very bad it's like a time bomb which is you know like tickling and it yeah. can burst any time nobody that's why we need people like you to who are trying to address this challenge through different ways community is definitely one very solid source of doing that um tell us when you were in school uh, did somebody try and provide you the mentoring or did you have any support uh, where a lot of our listeners would be very interested in understanding how did you go from an under resourced school in one of the poorest parts of the world if not the country and um, to uh, to harvard university and now you know to the center uh, that yeah. you're heading yeah so <clears throat> no unfortunately i did not get get uh, that support any mentoring support during my school days and uh, i have written this in my book also so it was a very bad experience as a young kid i i went through all the you know all the bad things one one can imagine can happen with a with a kid young kid so i had a very you know troubled time because Uh, during our time during my time you know you know there there was there were parents but uh, my parents for example they did not go to school and they did not they could not finish their school because of uh, the family background or some some situation in their family so i was you know for ex- in a way first to go to school you know my my elder brothers also went to school but we were first generation so i did not get any support but my elder brother was in delhi university so he brought me there somehow here in delhi and uh, after you finished standard 12 yeah so no for for standard 12 i came to delhi and uh, i could not finish that so i i went back to bihar and that's quite interesting i went back to bihar and then i finished and then i came back to delhi so delhi i came back uh, again and took admission here in delhi university and uh, you know i i could not score well in plus 2 and so that is why we i did not get uh, admission in a good college here but uh, i wanted to get rid of sciences and uh, so i got i took uh, political science in a college here so but i was attending college in hindu and you know the 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 faculties were okay with it and they uh, allowed me to attend the college also oh, you went to a different college but you attended classes yes. in a different college yes exactly top called hindu college the hindu college yeah okay. and i went to my registered college was satyavati college evening so but what happened that uh, i topped in the college my means my original college i topped there i stood first in ba first year and that is when i i tested the success a bit and a uh, lot of people congratulated me and that was for the first time 
you know I, when people congratulated me and i still remember that <clears throat> for that uh, i mean uh, i was given award by then hrd minister mr murli banwar joshi so he was the hrd minister so i was given uh, a, a, a medal as as a topper and uh, i and my score was uh, you know much better than many students in hindu so in my class for example there were 85 students and uh, i was in you know like uh, top 10 here also in that in that college so during that time i i realized that so much can happen with education you know and uh, when you study you know it definitely results in a in a positive way and uh, then you can move forward and that is when i decided that i will i will study you know as much as possible and uh, in the uh, entire uh, undergrad i scored 60% it was a first division and during our time 60% was a very decent mark and then uh, so it was you know so i scored very well in undergrad and then i finished my masters and then i started uh, preparing for civil services and uh, that time only i also moved to uh, jnu and in jnu i i finished my mphil and i i also gave civil services exam mm-hmm. so when i was giving civil services exam that is when i started my association with seva and so between one mains exam and prelims exam so and in mains i had scored very well but uh, between mains and prelims you know at times you you don't know what's going to happen in your life and somehow i got this offer for to work with seva for 7 months mm-hmm. and uh, i i i denied that for twice two times and then third time when they approached that you know it's just 7 months assignment and so i i worked with them in jahangirpuri so i used to travel from jnu to jahangirpuri and uh, for those who don't live here it's quite far yeah so it's about 35 kilometers so and that was my regular routine for few months and uh, then i uh, i worked with uh, this poor women and uh, my task was to organize them and open their bank accounts in the in the banks and that took two months to open one bank account and that is when i realized which year are we talking about so it's it was 99 1999 wow so exact just 20 years back yeah so it was like it was a very uh, you know it was a very moving experience for me that how do poor people need to you know run pillar to post to do a, a, a thing done for himself or herself so a group of women i was taking them along to different banks and they were denying to open bank account although self help group bank account was mandatory uh to open for the banks you know it was a mandatory thing for from rbi but they were denied and second task was to you know they were street vendors so to organize them and negotiate for them with the municipal corporation and municipal authority and police and that is when i realized that there is so much corruption in municipal corporation and police authorities that they were they were not just taking bribes from these uh, poor women but they were also threatening them you know they were also scolding them so their life was very vulnerable so that seven months of my association with seva was uh, was very disturbing for me in a way 
and on the other hand you know i i was going to get what did your routine look like at that time when you were doing the seva thing between your exams yeah so it was like going to jahangirpuri and this slum uh, cluster where uh, these women used to live and meeting them going going there meeting them taking them to bank uh, taking them to municipal office you know meeting the town planner meeting the municipal police authorities because they were being harassed in a market near chandni chowk mm-hmm. so we used to go to chandni chowk you know so so basically mobilizing them and going from here to there for their work you know right. so the task was to to help them so routine was like going going to them and then going to different offices and to banks and so so after that i realized that uh, you know uh, there was there was something happening in jnu also on the other hand because i had to give civil service exam and uh, i realized uh, that those who are compl- those who are you know uh, getting into civil services from my class or from my batchmates in jnu some of them not everyone but some of them used to behave very you know differently uh, as if they have achieved some some great thing and or they have become stars mm. overnight stars mm. so so that somehow you know that led me to think that whether i i really want to become one of them or i really i or i want to continue doing the same work uh, with the women which i which i really enjoy and that was the time when i was at a crossroads and i i i mulled over it and i decided uh, not to give civil services anymore and continue with seva and that uh, you know i had a conversation with my boss and she agreed to it and uh, women became so happy that i was going to con- continue women members of seva and uh, i continued there for 17 years so it wow. it was started for 7 months it was only for 7 months and then i ended up doing work with them for 17 years right and then how did you decide to um, apply for higher studies you already had a masters probably even a phd yeah 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 so it, that that is again a very interesting you know uh, incident that uh, during uh, seva time we you know seva was also part of a course with uh, iss the hague and uh, so it was a diploma course on universalizing socio economic security for the poor so i went to attend that uh, diploma pg diploma diploma course from iss hague and uh, that was uh, my in fact that was my first uh, foreign visit and which year my, was this it was 2002 mm-hmm. yeah so it was 2002 when i went there and that is when and i was at that time i i was also part of jnu i just uh, came out of jnu campus so that is when i saw or got exposed to the western education mm-hmm. and it it worked as a, an appetizer for me uh, for you know uh, for western education so it was such a great experience the classes some of the classes which i attended i still remember that there was a faculty called professor ashwani seth and he used to teach uh, developmental economics and he was fabulous so that those those classes and the libraries and uh, everything uh, you know i got fascinated and i 
when i came back then i decided that at some point i will definitely go abroad for some degree some you know some relevant degree and because the uh, whole experience of learning was so fascinating yeah 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 and yeah that's true so and then i came back i continued with seva and then i finished my phd after that and uh, after that iss hague training did you think that you were able to do your job better at seva yeah of course yeah that that uh, that program was quite helpful and uh, you know that was the first uh, multicultural exposure multicultural international exposure for me and uh, harvard was again a continuation of that after so many years but uh, definitely that gave me a lot of confidence skills skill sets it was a short course though but i learned a lot about uh, various social security you know uh, schemes of different governments you know so that was the purpose of that of that program so i came back and then i continued with seva i also did some photography which was a childhood passion so and i did it around uh, uh, capturing the lives of poor women workers uh, within seva within informal uh, economy and uh, you know i'd be very happy to share that you know although i was not a trained uh, photographer my first exhibition was held at uh, house of commons london wow. for a month yeah so that was that was the power of the subject and and uh, the work which i used to do so you know that was that was a great success and that was then exhibited in most of the exhibition halls in india mm. and uh, that gave me a lot of confidence and also i was happy that i was able to showcase the contribution of these poor women uh, working in the informal economy that how they are contributing to our lives and how what how difficult their lives are but yet they are so happy and they are so hopeful and that is why i named the entire uh, photo exhibition and also the uh, the photo book uh, as hands of hope mm. so hands of hope was the title and uh, because they all are workers and they are working uh, they are using their hands to work and contribute to the economy right you know they are they are salt workers they are paper workers they are street vendors they are construction workers yeah so it was a it was a fascinating journey photographic journey which i completed and then you know uh, we all know that uh, there is a midlife crisis which occurs in our lifetime so it and it was, occurs at different times yeah it occurs at different times also so it happened with me after this photography thing and then i thought that what should i do there were two options one was that i leave seva and work in some other organization and do mm-hmm. some different work and the second option was to go for my studies and study as i earlier mentioned that i wanted to go abroad and uh, you know i'm not boasting but i used to give lot of recommendation letters to my colleagues at seva mm. and they were getting scholarships and they were getting admissions at lse even harvard here and there so i thought that maybe i should also apply mm-hmm. and so i so who did you, you take recommendations from yeah so yeah so that was my boss uh, at seva bharat and one faculty at harvard and a bureaucrat how did you know the faculty did you work with him yes or yes so we uh, see still works a lot with seva so, so he is 
she works with informal sector workers i see so i was yeah i've been knowing her since many years so and then uh, one uh, bureaucrat who is also ex mason fellow so from kennedy school so i narrowed down some of the programs and i thought that if i go i will only go to harvard kennedy school so i only applied there and to be honest i did not have any money i did not have any so kennedy bias. has many programs which one did you pick and why yeah so the this mid career uh, masters in public administration suited me most because uh, it was one year i did not want to go there for two years and one year program was like it it, it also serves uh for the you know it is it is developed in a way that it suits to the mid career professionals and it's a how much you had how many years of experience when you went and how old were you so i had uh, about uh, 14 years of experience 14. yeah and i was uh, uh, 43 got it yeah so <clears throat> So yeah so it it uh, suited me well so I applied there and uh, yeah so and I also got full funding and uh, I got uh, fellowship from Ford Foundation so it is being administered by the Ash Center there at mm-hmm. Kennedy School mm-hmm. so I got full funding and I took my family also with me so they also stayed with me for Did you have kids that time Yeah yeah we I, I had I have two kids and they were there mm-hmm. and uh, they also had good time So yeah that is how the Harvard journey you know the basically to learn more to to educate myself more mm-hmm. and to expose myself to multicultural learning and community right uh, attracted me to apply and that is how it happened mm-hmm. you know so it was and it was a great experience you know to be at uh, Harvard one year it was it was a great time Definitely, I can imagine. When you applied, uh, did you know what you wanted to do after the Kennedy School? Yeah, so I wanted to continue with Seva. So I, I came back to Seva and I continued there for two years. Mm-hmm. And when I was applying, I was not sure about this education campaign. But after I got selected, I went to Katihar, and uh, as I said, that I used to go to Katihar quite a lot mm-hmm. because of the projects also. so i went there and uh, i went to my school and uh, i sat there for some time and uh, and i the main reason uh, to be there was to think that what should be i doing mm-hmm. when i come back from kennedy school you know because i i you know education wise i achieved one one student would like to achieve mm-hmm. you know one any student would like to achieve that uh, i did my i finished my phd and i also i was also going to kennedy school so that is when i realized and decided that in whatever capacity uh, i you know i can do or i can contribute i would like to work around public education mm-hmm. so that is why i when i was at uh, harvard uh, i started conversation with some of the students from school of education and you know did a lot of brainstorming with them that right. what kind of campaign you know voluntary run campaign because i wanted to continue my work also for my livelihood that's also important so yeah that is when uh, i decided to do this campaign right how was uh, the experience of being a mid career student was it, what was it like what did you learn yeah so it was it was tough in the beginning to be honest 
so you know they orient you in maths and economics and maths uh, maths was a challenge and not only for me but interestingly for many many of uh, my classmates mm-hmm. it was a big challenge uh, but the teachers were very supportive and very good so we had two weeks of maths and economics uh, classes and uh, we also gave exam and so the beginning was challenging and uh, then you know the first semester i think uh, i realized that you know i since i decided to be a student again then i need to work hard you know it's not like uh, I, if i am sitting in a comfort zone of my own office and directing all my colleagues to do this and that i needed to do what i want what i was supposed to do as a student so i i you know i i worked hard then and uh, so could so i could clear all the exams and i could uh, absorb most of it learn from others learn from others yeah so it was a great experience and then uh, in the whole class there were 200 about 210 students from different walks of life so that was also a great experience that people were from army How navy 210 are the 210 mason fellows or they no, were no, all kennedy so, schools yeah no so mason fellows are those who are from developing countries mm-hmm. but those who are from developed countries are they also become part of your cohort as mid career professionals mid career so about 200 210 yeah so mason fellows were like 70 something mm-hmm. so it became a big class and so as i said there were people from different uh, countries different walks of life so that gave a good uh, learning experience and uh, it was it was a great fun you know and i also did some class at uh, hbs business school and then uh, school of design so yeah so that was great so in what ways uh, in addition to what you mentioned did the year change you or change your thinking about the problem that you wanted to solve because today a few years out of graduation you're still trying to solve the same problem um how is the stuff that you learned in your masters or at kennedy help you change your mind towards the problem i think one thing which i uh, which i learned very specifically was to listen to others you know and uh, that was a that was a big learning and uh, and in order to find uh, the solution you need to listen to others you need to listen to everyone in order to find solutions so that was a big learning and when i came back i started talking to people around education what mm-hmm. what do they think even now you know i try to understand different perspectives so different understanding different perspective is very very important mm-hmm. and uh, then you know i think uh, it also helped me understand uh, more how to how to uh, you know uh, make make a uh, make a thing or make a make your work or develop your work in a way that it it, it looks a very comprehensive mm-hmm. and it finds a, con- a complete solution it's just not one part of it so if you are looking at public education then you know look at the entirety of the problem and look at the entire solution so so that you know the canvas the course helped me in broadening my canvas in terms of understanding mm-hmm. and also usage of data in order to analyze the problem right. and, and and to tell people mm-hmm. by using data mm-hmm. you know so that was a big learning again 
and uh, that is what i am doing now i am writing a lot of opeds these days in times of india and other places and i am using a lot of data along with my experience on the ground so experience on the ground working on the ground and combining with uh, your experience with data mm-hmm. that makes a powerful that creates a very powerful and strong narrative right and that is very important and that is i that is what i find missing in our country mm. that either people sitting on data analyzing just data and not working or not translating them into action mm-hmm. or people who are working on the ground they don't understand the meaning of data or they don't understand or they are unable to understand it theoretically so how do we we connect theory with practice and data with practice mm. so these things i i could learn in a much better way mm. and uh, it is helping me a lot in connecting the dots got it um and how did this role happen you came and joined seva how did you yeah so seva i worked there for 2 years after coming back from kennedy school and then uh, the mithal institute uh, what we call the lakshmi mithal and family institute uh, the institute was trying to set up its office in 2016 hmm. and that is when i came across and uh, uh, i also applied and uh, i thought that you know as i want to work around education going forward you know and uh, i have already worked with uh, seva for 17 years almost two decades so why not to try something different and uh, in a way the, i also thought that this will be this will be uh, this will continue my learning my harvard experience you know uh, uh, being part of the harvard community you know so i decided to apply and i got through and uh, i i did set up this this office uh, and uh, yeah so we are a small team but very powerful team with very powerful work and uh, as i said that you know uh, this platform gives me opportunity to uh, interact with uh, top brains of this mm. universe you know the with the faculties of the mm. harvard university and i get opportunity to learn from them to observe them to understand their thinking and uh, and uh, the good thing is that uh, i am being uh, a bridge Uh, to implement their ideas in my own country you know so and take ideas from the country yeah and take ideas and see how we can build it yes. for the greater humanity exactly so so in a way i see myself in a very important uh, position where uh, i am i am working as a connector and leading this center so connecting connecting connector of the knowledge mm-hmm. from both sides and uh, taking best of you know both worlds and uh, doing some good stuff uh, on the on the ground mm-hmm. yeah so this is this is uh, uh, this is uh, i i'm having a good time yeah right you know you're coming to us the close of the interview could you tell us uh, what are some things that you do during your day which makes you more productive or efficient yeah so uh, i enjoy finishing my work and uh, like taking up challenges so and and challenges which are like which are really challenging and uh, so and whenever i am able to finish one challenge you know that is i i feel very productive and uh, yeah and then working with the team working with the team and building the team and at the same time uh, 
you know like uh, if i am able to meet good people who are doing good stuff on the ground or for the country and who can be productive for who can be helpful for the institute mm-hmm. so you know meeting people meeting government officials mm-hmm. so these are the things where i feel that uh, this role uh, this role requires lot of uh, uh, connections and uh, you know uh, linkage with the people with the community and with the government and different different uh, stakeholders mm-hmm. so that way uh, that way i feel you know uh, productive and also by doing my own stuff you know the 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 kind of work which we want to do through the institute we are running few interesting projects you know in livelihoods and social entrepreneurship in science so we are coming up with india science fest in january and uh, we are partnering with aspiring minds and so that's happening in pune in on 11th and 12th january so that is a big thing we also organize one science and society symposium with niti aayog right you know so we are organizing some events around sciences to to make science you know popular among young kids and people so that is the goal so that is very exciting and that is again a very exciting uh, uh, part of you know of this role is that i am working across the disciplines mm-hmm. so you know earlier i was only focusing on women's empowerment but now we have programs around arts we have program around sciences we have program around you know humanities and social sciences right so in arts we are also trying to do lot of work around arts conservation we are working with csmbs museum and other other uh, people who are working in art conservation space so we are exploring how harvard faculties can help the people here in in developing courses around art conservation in sciences i already explained and in social sciences we have uh, projects around livelihoods and social entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so all this work keep us busy and keep me busy and uh, yeah so we are looking for new opportunities new dimensions and it's all very exciting right uh last question any parting advice for uh, young professionals and students thinking about uh, building a career in the space in which space uh either s- social change or social entrepreneurship or both yeah so i would suggest that you know uh, uh, to to do what you really want to do and uh, there there are at time at there are times when you think that you are not able to pursue your passion because of some compulsion you need to you know do a job or do something else mm-hmm. so but i from my life i have learned that you can pursue both you know simultaneously and it's just that you have to find time you have to manage time for example you know during my weekends i do all the voluntary work so you know one can one can easily do such thing so so be even if you are social entrepreneur or working in social change areas i would suggest that uh, you know do as much as possible because there are few you know like uh, few uh, few things which i keep myself uh, which i always keep in my mind one is that our time in history is now you know that is very important to understand mm-hmm. so whatever you know our time will be remembered due to our action mm-hmm. you know what whatever we do so our time in history is now second is self progress is not sufficient you know uh, 
it's not uh, you know we all need money to grow and to do well and to to enjoy life but at the same time we are the we we should never forget that we are the fortunate ones that uh, we we went to good schools and we we achieved so much so after you achieve something you you should always think to give back you know and give as much possible and uh, also that in a country like india uh, it's very important to build capacity of people to build capacity of others you know and uh, because uh, i talked about demographic dividend and demographic disaster so demographic dividend can only happen if we all if we all circulate our ideas if, if we all help build others to build their capacity mm-hmm. you know so that is how we all can grow mm-hmm. and uh, this is the most beautiful thing you know if you are able to give back to others and help others this is the most beautiful things which i have learned from my life yeah. but at the same time we all need money we all need uh, money to sustain our lives that is also important but how much and uh, that is a question that is a big question that is a big relative thing and, and a personal decision yeah and a personal decision yeah it's a very yeah. personal decision so it's up to each of you each of us and uh, but at the same time we all have those who are listening to this podcast we all have power to give back yeah. and you know in whatever form in whatever capacity we can give back we should always give back yeah it was a pleasure speaking with you thank you so thank much you for so your much. time thanks thanks utkarsh thanks a lot thank you